Hello, I'm Professor Nigel Adams. I'm Director of the Buckingham Enterprise and Innovation Unit at the University of Buckingham. And this is number five of our Entrepreneurs Podcasts. What's it all about? Well, we're talking to, and I'm talking to, graduates from the BSc Business Enterprise Programme that's been going for now nearly 15 years. And I'm talking to as many of my graduates and our graduates as possible. And we're finding out what they think about the uh, programme when they're on it and what's happened to them afterwards and where they are in the world. Um, today, we're going to talk to Bavik Mavadia. And Bavik uh, will tell you that he's uh, from London. In fact, he'll give you far more information about it. And uh, I hope he'll be answering all the questions I put to him and also putting some views of his own to me as well. That would be very good. So, Bavik. Hi there. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Um, uh, I know you come from North London, Wembley area or Harrow area. Uh, and yeah. tell, tell me a bit more about about your background. Okay. Uh, so I come from uh, Northwest London. Uh, I live around North Holt. And my background is I've always been kind of, well, the community I'm part of is very entrepreneurial and business orientated. My dad, my granddads, my uncles all started their own businesses. So naturally, I fell into that and I decided to start my own business when I was 15. Mind you, I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> but um, I attempted it. And um, yeah, I've, I've started many different ventures, different projects, and I've learned a lot of lessons along the way. And um, and uh, um, how uh, how many actual businesses did you start before we met? Before okay, so before we met, I was I just launched my production company, which I I showed you in my into uh, my interview, um, and then prior to that, I was doing um, graphic design on the side. Uh, I had a graphic design business. I was doing logos. I was doing videos for businesses. Um, and I was strategizing different ways a business could basically profit. So I found lots of fun in that. But again, I didn't see it as a business back then. I just saw it as innovative problem solving that I found fun. So I wasn't charging at all. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, um, remember, it's providing value for people is what it's all about. And you were obviously yeah. doing that because people kept coming back, did they? They did. So what happened was uh, during college, um, I was top of my class when it came to uh, graphic design and videography and everything. And one of my lecturers actually gave me one of their clients. Um, I remember it was this, it was this uh, lovely old Jewish lady who lived in Stanmore. And uh, she wanted business cards designed. She wanted a video made. Um, and so I went down. Uh, I, and she asked me what she wanted. I wrote everything down. I did it. I sent everything to her, and she was absolutely happy. And so the next day I was in class, my lecturer came over to me, told me how ecstatic the, uh, the, the client was and how happy she was. And as he was walking out, he was like, that was an easy £500 made, wasn't it? And I was like, what? And he was like, you did charge her, didn't you? And I was like, no. Because at this time, I had no concept of charging for my skills. I didn't know what, what price to put on my skills. I just, I just did what I loved. So that, that's kind of where I, uh, where I started learning about 
charging people for, for these services. And uh, you learned a lot more when you came to Buckingham, didn't you? Oh, yes. Yes, I did. Um, at the time, I wanted to take those skills further and I wanted to launch my own production company. And it was around the time I was doing my UCAS application, I remember. And um, Buckingham University was the last university that I had to see. So I came to the open day. I met you. And I believe also Matthew was there as well in the room. Um, Matthew Campbell? No, 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 the other Matthew. Which Matthew? The, he, he left early on in the course. Oh, yes. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there, yes. God, yeah. Of course, yeah, this is five, six, six or more, over six years ago, isn't it? Years ago, yeah. I remember because I remember we walked into the room and I had kind of gone through this process with the other universities, Brighton and everyone. And I knew what you were going to ask me, the same old questions. And I remember I stopped you and I pulled out my, my uh, what I thought at the time was a business plan. <laughs> and I walked you through it. I was like, this is going to be my media production company. This is going to be the magazine that comes from it. This is going to be the video company that comes from it. Da, 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 da. And you, you stopped me and you then said, okay, follow me upstairs into your office. And you said, this is the timetable and this is when you start. And I was confused because I was like, you don't know my grades yet. And he's like, you said, oh, I don't need to know your grades. You're ready for this. And and then he gave me an unconditional offer and I was over the moon because I remember I was on my way home just knowing I got into university before I got my grades. Well, we do interesting things in Bucket when we find entrepreneurial people. And I think people listening to this podcast will already have caught on that you are um, quite entrepreneurial but um, how did you find I know Buckingham was last but how did you find Buckingham because one of the questions we're always asking uh, because it isn't the easiest place to find sometimes is it no it's not so the way I found it I was just going down the wormhole on the internet through all these universities uh, trying to find something to do with business because originally I was going to stick with media production however my logic was telling me you've just completed a diploma in media production it would be completely pointless to get a degree in the same thing you've just completed mm. and so i was like i'd rather do something to do with business because what i do want to do is launch my own business so i started looking for business degrees and um and buckingham just happened to pop up during my research on the internet on the internet yeah so uh, i looked at the website and i read uh, the only it's a private university it has a royal charter by the Queen, and I was like, "Wow, this is the fanciest university I've ever come across." <laughs> and I was like, "There is no way they would give me the time of day." Like in my head, I thought people who who would apply to Cambridge and Oxford exclusively would be applying to Buckingham. So in my head, I was like, uh, "I'll give it a shot, just to see what happens," because uh, it was my last choice on my UCAS. So I just threw it in, but lo and behold, I happened to get it um, with an unconditional offer. And, and I actually found out that uh, I actually was super attracted to the fact that I was able to start a business and get a degree at the same time. That really excited me. And my, my initial plan was to start my media production business and get the degree. Uh, obviously, though, that went we went down another route when I when I teamed up with other BBEs and we ended up making Student Proxy. 
well, we'll come to that a bit later. Um, yes. Uh, what, um, what, we're asking everybody this. We're getting some interesting answers. Now, you, um, you remembered what it was like when you came for, you didn't expect to be an interview, but you had an interview even on an open day and got in. Um, but yeah. what do you remember about your first day, further your first day, or your, and also your first few days in the university? Um, I remember, so all the business students got placed near the business school and I was the only one that got placed with the law students. Uh, oh, your accommodation wise? The accommodation wise. So <clears throat> I remember I was like, I was lost. First of all, I thought I was very far away from the university. I wasn't, but I thought I was. So I ended up calling a taxi. So my first day was pretty funny. So I remember we had to meet you. It was your birthday. I remember that uh, we had to meet you uh, in uh, the ADE ADR uh, building, and so I didn't know how to get there. And I know there was a the night before there was a, a freshers party, yep. and I met uh, a chap called Hector. <laughs> oh, he was great. He was great, and um, he drove this really old school car. And I was just like me coming from a, an engineering background, I will clock a, a really classic car. From a mile away, Buckingham's full of them. Um, so I, I called him and I was like, uh, I don't know how to get to this place. And he's like, Don't worry, I'll come over and pick you up. So he picked me up and he dropped me to the ADR. And um, then, yeah, I, I went upstairs uh, and I met all the other DBEs. So I met Kelvin, I met Paula, I met Oliver, I met Tom, um, who else was there? There was Abby. Uh, and I remember we went around the table one by one, telling us, telling each other about ourselves, and then why they're on the on the course, um, and and yeah, and I specifically remember it was your birthday as well. You've got a good memory. Yes, it was January the sixteenth. How about that? That was and two thousand and fourteen, wasn't it? Fourteen, correct. Fourteen. Yeah. So so uh, next year, that's going to be seven years. Wow. Seven years. Time flies. It just feels like yesterday I was in Buckingham. It is amazing, isn't it? Well, I believe you're, you're still a young lad. Um, who else did you talk to on those first few days? <clears throat> so, um, I do. I remember I introduced myself to everyone, and um, I remember I I spoke a lot more to Kelvin just because he was in the creative field as I was, and we had more in common. So he wanted to start his music and I wanted to start my, my production company. So there we were both like, oh, you know, we could team up and do something. Then I remember Paula approached us and told us about student proxy and everything and told me about her idea. And I was like, okay, it's an interesting idea. But it was completely different to what I wanted to do. So at the, at the time, I wasn't totally interested in it. I was just like, okay, that's nice. Um, and then I, I, I met Abby, and um, I can't remember what she told me about. But she, I think she, I think Abby was pretty quiet in the beginning. Um, she was, she, she, I think Abby just takes a little time to kind of open out uh, before she, she talks to you. But I remember she just said, she was, she, she was polite and she just said, Hi, how are you? Um, and then, yeah, and then the next couple of days, I remember you said, you know, you've got to get into teams and and start start a business uh, I remember specifically saying your your famous lesson of stay out of your comfort zone 
and I took that to heart because that's why I kind of dipped my foot into student proxy because there was just nothing I'd ever done before, nothing I was comfortable with doing, <laughs> and like it was just like a whole a whole other ball game for me. Well, so, let's, uh, let's 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 let me ask you another question. Um, what can you give us a few of your favourite moments at Buckingham? Favorite moments. Mm. Oh, so many. <laughs> um, let me think. Oxford, that was a good one, where we uh, we did the competition and we won. Uh, I remember the the day before I was putting the video together. Do you remember they they wanted us to they, they wanted to cut us off? Yes. And said there was only a minute left, and we were like, "It's okay. The the video is like thirty seconds long," so we squeezed it in. And it wowed everyone, and then yeah, we ended up winning a thousand pounds. That was a wicked moment. Still got a copy uh, of the check. You still, <laughs> you still got a copy of the check. Yep, uh, the, still, the big I, one. I, I think I still got a copy of us in the newspaper, actually. Yep. Um, that was a wicked moment. Um, another moment was oh, actually, it wasn't a good moment. It was a kind of a, a downfall, but I, I learned a lot from it, which was our first angel round, where we lost. Um, because it was a website, right? So that's when I told Paula, like, let's let's try and make it an app instead of a website. And I don't think she she warmed to the idea at first, but then later on, she did. And the second round of funding we achieved. Um, so that was a good moment. Um, and then there are, there are, there are amazing moments in Buckingham that I want to say, but I don't want to put out in the public. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were a student in those days. I mean, that's... I was. There was a lot of... Buckingham's one of those areas that has a lot of Easter eggs, and you have to be, you have to be in Buckingham to understand it. Absolutely. What you about know? some of the challenges you had? Do you remember those? Yes. Oh, my God. So every day was basically a challenge for me, just because the whole... So, I come from, prior to joining Buckingham, I was president of my business society and the team I had in my production company, the, the way I, I held the team together was, I told them, forget that I'm a manager or a CEO. I want all of us to be on the same page and I want all of us to tackle a project together. And that's the mindset we took to it. And that's the mindset I brought to Buckingham. And when we got into our groups, um, yeah, it was, I couldn't apply that mindset because it was, it was more of a hierarchy, a mindset of, okay, this is the MD and you have to listen to them. And I wasn't comfortable with that because that was the challenge. Cause whenever I had uh, an idea that I wanted to put forward or anything, it was kind of, uh, filtered through the MD and assessed vigorously before it could even have the opportunity to breathe if you know what I mean and that's not the way I do things the way I do things is I jump in the deep end and I see what happens if I survive I survive if I don't I don't um, I don't like to assess things thoroughly especially when they're in its in its ideal form because it's very different when you apply it to real life you know there's a difference between theory of something and that something being put into action so you know, you could find the, the differences night and day. So I, I struggled with that. 
in, in a sense where I, it's, it was almost like I had an academic controlling my moves and I didn't like it, basically. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the, you mentioned a few names. Kelvin, can you? I yes. mean, I, I remember him very well, and I know what he'd done. Can you tell everybody else what what's what? He's a good friend of yours. I know. Can you? He's, yeah, him? he's his, his 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 stage name. Kelvin, yeah, Kelvin Colt is his stage name, uh, and he is a multi award winning rapper now, with over eight million views on YouTube. Um, but prior to that. Um, I was introduced to him as Kelvin Ajala, uh, a budding rapper who had come to England to jumpstart his music career. From Germany? From Germany. And that confused me as well, because when I met him for the first time, he had an American accent. <laughs> so <laughs> that threw me off. Because um, when he said, oh, I'm from Germany, and I was like, oh, really? And I thought, okay, maybe he's come from America, but he was originally born in Germany. But that wasn't the case. He actually just came from Germany. Um, so that was interesting. But yeah, no, me and Calvin have like grown to be more than great friends. We're, we're brothers now, you know. And like, like I remember you when, we, when you started the course, you said you're going to make friends for life in this course. And it's very true. It um, is interesting how it happens. It does really it happen. Is. And, and of course, there's Abby, and there's, oh, you know, you still have no, not in touch, but you know Paula and all the other people you mentioned. It's yeah, quite, I'm quite still a... in touch with like Abby. I'm still in touch with. Uh, I talk to her sometimes. Uh, Kelvin, I'm in touch with the most. Um, but I remember, yeah, he he was very, very motivated to to launch his music career, mm. and he had all these ideas. And you know what? It's just such good energy to be around because it just reminds me of when I have an idea to do with production. If you're around the same type of people, it's different energy, Nigel. It's like Absolutely. it just works. It's yeah. it's like the wheels churning. Well, but remember, that's... we had the Enterprise Hub, which was I don't, don't, don't can't remember where we were at the time when you were there. Where where was the Enterprise Hub? Was it in the in the? It shifted a couple of times. Yes, so... we, we were a movable feast. Uh, yeah, uh, ours was. Uh, so we had the small Enterprise Hub in the um, what was it next to? Was it, it was in the hut? Office. Was it in the yeah, hut? Yeah, the hut. The you hut. In the hut. Yeah. And then, then did you move? We moved into the cottage, then. Then we moved into the cottage, and then I remember you guys were building another one, which I didn't get to see. But you were building another uh, hub, which I imagine is the hub today. Absolutely. Well, it's the new Vincent building, which uh, it cost just just cost about seven million pounds. That's all. Don't worry. It's more. It's more details. More details. More details. Well, we've got a, we've got about a third of the building. Um, so um, it's 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 uh, you well you must come and see it well when I will definitely this, come down and see it yeah when all um, this disaster's over <clears throat> but now um, let's go on to it so you managed to uh, you kept going you uh, worked hard you your business yeah. your business you won a thousand pounds your business went through the usual ups and downs and you then graduated and yes, uh, you, your, your actual graduation ceremony must have been in 2016 16. yes march yep. 16 something like that i would guess um and then what happened to you after that because i think yours is a very different kind of story it is so after that i returned back to london and um for the first couple of weeks i refused to get employed by anyone because i just had it in my head that i have the ability to just employ myself now um, so I decided to get my camera and go back into production. 
and the first thing I did was I f I found uh, so I was getting gigs to do film to film promotional videos for uh, different events and Kelvin who was also in London he moved to London who's focusing on his uh, music career called me up and he was like I'm doing some work with uh, these guys called Hip Hop Brunch and they need a videographer. So I was like, all right, I'll come down, started filming. And I, was, I saw this magician they had hired. And the magician basically, you know, I was filming him doing his thing. I went to the bar to get a drink. He came over to me and he was like, I noticed you filming me. So I was like, yeah, yeah. I showed him the footage. I edited up a video that night and I sent it over to him. That video has over 60,000 views on YouTube now. Mm -hmm. um, he then introduced me. So he called me up the next day. He called me over to the Pelodrome Casino. I've never been in t inside a casino in my life. So it was an experience. But uh, it was in Leicester Square. And uh, he called me up. He does gigs over there. And he introduced me to two more magicians. Uh, a chap called Sav, who's a street magician. And a chap called Paul. Paul did some weird magic. Like, he swallowed a Tic Tac and he cried it out of his tear duct. <laughs> so I started doing uh, little projects for, for them. And then after that, they introduced me to the Magic Circle, which is an underground secretive magician society. And I, abso yeah, I absolutely loved every second of it because I was like, I'm doing what I love. I'm earning. And I'm e meeting the most interesting people ever. So they, they were having this um, get-together on a Saturday, and Brendan called me, who was the, the initial magician who introduced me to the others, and he told me, get your business cards made, I'm going to introduce you to the rest of them, and you can become the magician's videographer. So that's where I learned quickly. I was like, okay, I've made myself a niche, and doors will start opening for me now. So I went to, uh, I think it was TGI Fridays or somewhere where they were meeting up, and I met all sorts of magicians. Nigel, it was the most amazing thing ever. I met, there was a, a magician called Jazz Vegas and she swallowed a Lego brick and she cut her stomach open and pulled it out. She did quite gory uh, magic. Uh, I met this other guy who could read my mind. He asked me a series of random questions and then he told me, um, I'm going to tell you what color you're thinking of. So he's like, think of a color. I was like, okay. And then he was write it down and put the paper upside down so I can't see it. So I wrote my color down. And then he's like, green. I turned my paper over, it was green. I was like, how did you do that? I met all walks of life. It was amazing. And then from that, I started, um, I remember I wanted to do something more independent. And so I got my film crew together, my original film crew from, uh, from college days. And I said, we need to kind of uh, jump on the whole YouTube bandwagon so um do you know a rapper called drake no not my scene really not your scene okay so there's this there's this canadian rapper called drake and um he's very very uh popular and he dropped an album and so my film crew were like why don't we just review this and we'll have different kind of personalities reviewing it. it'll be very interesting to watch so I was like, okay, that'll be great. We hired out a studio in Camden Town, at Camden Market. And uh, we started shooting. I invited Kelvin over because he's also a big fan. And we ended up shooting the whole thing. And it took about two days to shoot. Um, 
And during that time, um, I got another phone call. Uh, this this phone call uh, was from my old... I did work experience at a uh, media production company back in the day when I was 15. And they were like, oh, we need some help with um, social media stuff. We heard you can do this now. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Went over to them. That media production company had shut down. In its place, the founder uh, had basically launched uh, a tourism company where he owned a fleet of ships and uh, just toured. And then that year he had, no, sorry, uh, the year before he had bought a private island. And so I ended up working for this private island for the next two and a half years, which was incredible. Uh, where, I was where, doing, where's uh, this island? This, where's, is it? Where is it's, it? Okay, so it's in uh, Malaysia, specifically in Langkawi. Langkawi is like 30 minutes away from Kuala Lumpur. Mm-hmm. So to get there, um, so it was actually really cool. So I'll tell you this story. Uh, I think it was my second week there. And Dr. Dr. Ravi, who owns the, the island, came upstairs and he came over to me. I was doing the website up, uh, putting meta tags and optimizing it and stuff. And he was like, uh, the, a picture of the island was on there. He's like, oh, uh, what do you think of the island? I was like, yeah, it looks beautiful. And he goes, okay, uh, you should visit it. Now, I'm thinking he's just making conversation. Like, yeah, I'll visit it someday, da, 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 da. I was like, yeah, no, I'll visit it someday. And he's like, you can come with me. I'm going next week. Mm-hmm. He calls up his assistant. His concierge, he has a concierge. Uh, and tells her, book me two tickets. And then he turns over to me. He's like, is your passport valid? And I was like, yes. And before I know it, the following week, I'm now heading to Heathrow Airport towards this island. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, it's happening so fast. So... This is the first time I experienced first class as well. So we went there. We went to the first class lounge. We put our, our luggage in, uh, and then walked over to the first class lounge, and we were sitting. And it was beautiful. Like there was like like leather sofas and everything. There was a buffet, and there was all these important people in suits, uh, just like walking up and down. So um, I remember I was sitting at a table, stuffing my face <laughs> with all this food. And uh, Dr. Rory was watching this lady walk past and looked at her and went, she's going to get arthritis. And I was like, how do you know? Just by looking. And she, he, he has this ability to look at you and, and just like, he'll know when something's wrong. Mm-hmm. By the way you walk, he's like, her stance is off. The way she's mm-hmm. holding herself is off. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you something else, actually, because this, this amazing story, an absolutely true story of, of ending up two and a half years working for a, a gentleman who owned an island and you got there. Did you go once or twice? Or? I went there once. Oh, very good. That's, but I know. stayed there quite a long time. But then you then you, you came back and then you, because you, again, things, I mean, people just will find it amazing, the change. So what happened? You decided you didn't want to stay anymore with them. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, so sorry, back back to uh, yeah. what I was saying about him. So at the time, uh, he was talking to me. I noticed he was waving his hand, and I noticed his fingers missing. So I was like, "What happened to your finger? How did you lose your finger?" And he said, um, "Oh, I cut it off when I was working at KFC." And it dawned on me, this man used to work at KFC at one point <laughs> in his life. Like in my head, he was just a billionaire. Like. And he came as a billionaire, but 
he actually built his himself up from nothing to something. Mm. And uh, yeah, he told me that story, and uh, we got to to the uh, got on the plane, got to the island. It was like a forty. It was the longest flight ever. I think it's the longest flight I've ever been on. It's fourteen hours mm. from Heathrow to Kuala Lumpur, and then another like thirty minute flight from Kuala Lumpur to the island, and then a boat trip down to to the island. Um, but yeah, I stayed there. I, I saw how the island operated. I was getting all this experience of how to run something at that extent. And uh, my job was basically I had a checklist of things that my uh, COO gave me. And he, he was just like, I want you to make sure all of these things are done. So first and foremost, like he had given me my own little iPad and my own work phone and everything. And I, I basically wrote reports, lengthy reports on each thing. I had to secure all the hubs, all the hubs active, uh, where they sell tickets. I had to go into all the hotels. They had teamed up with every single major hotel in Kuala Lumpur. So mm-hmm. I, I went to all of the hotels. I made friends with all the managers uh, and owners of the hotels. I made some powerful contacts, I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. Um, and uh, I learned how fleets of ships were made. I learned what to look out for. Um, I learned about different kinds of customers. Um, and then there was also a lot of uh, internal problems, which, again, I can't speak about. But there's like mm-hmm. it takes there's people that take advantage of the business as well. Um, so, yeah, there's, I learned a lot from that experience. But uh, following on from that, uh, from that, I moved on to uh, assisting startups. Yeah. So I took my uh, digital marketing skills and the next chapter was me helping a small cafe called Host Coffee. Uh, I met them in Old Street. I was meeting one of my friends in Old Street and... I walked past this cafe, which was just near the barriers of Old Street Station. And it said, we're looking for staff. I went in and I was like, um, it says you're looking for staff and stuff. And I talked to the, the owner and the owner's like, okay, uh, we'll trial you out. Um, so I was like, okay. Now, I don't care what the startup is. I'm always keen on working on any startup. I don't care what it is. Like, I've got this thing in my head now where I'll jump in the deep end and just it's it's like what you said stay out of your comfort zone because you learn the most you don't know what you're going to learn you don't know what people you're going to meet so i was like i've never dabbled in coffee or, or or coffee in in the sense where you're launching your own coffee brand and Nigel, coffee is liquid gold <laughs> I, I was so surprised um we had lines going all the way out of the 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 cafe just waiting for it and I told uh, the Max, the founder at the time, like, I can also make websites. I can also do your social media. I can also create your logo. I can professionally give you a really nice brand identity. Uh, and so I did that. I, I basically had a freelance contract on the side as well as a salary contract. So I'd be doing all the freelance stuff and then I'd work two days a week for him, learning about coffee, how to make it. And I'm proud to say I can add barista to my skill set. <laughs> Um, and but I learned about the different strengths of coffee and everything, and uh, then from there, uh, the investors were really happy with the performance of the coffee uh, shop that they extended his contract another three months. After those three months, he got a spot in Covent Gardens. He managed to uh, um, basically 
convince uh, investors over there to give them a spot in Covent Gardens. And the coffee shop was being made. And I was so proud to see, I took pictures of it. My logo in Covent Gardens on prime real estate. It was the best feeling in the world. Absolutely. It was literally like I made that in my bedroom and now it's in Covent Gardens. And memorable, of course. I wonder if it's still there. Um, but now, let me just move on to one other thing. You, you ended up uh, working where you are now because um, you have a desire to earn some money to get your own business going again, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So I've always had it in my head that I will never borrow money. Um, I, I was offered £10,000 from my granddad, which I refused. And um, I said, look, I'm capable of putting the money together. And so what I did was um, I left the, so basically that, that startup went uh, bankrupt, unfortunately. So another lesson I learned was location, location, location. When they moved to Covent Gardens, the competition for coffee shops is insane because there's a coffee shop on every corner in Covent Gardens. So you need to have some real like reasons why they should come to your coffee shop. The other thing was they used to sell Monmouth coffee. Monmouth coffee was founded in Covent Gardens and Monmouth themselves would not allow their, their, their product to be sold by another, another uh, company on their turf. So, yeah, so I learned that business-wise from there. And um, so they, they ended up going bust, uh, I think, within two, three months. Uh, then there, from there, I got a job at a soup kitchen. Um, which uh, was another experience in itself. So at this point, I was like, okay, I'm saving up. So let me backtrack a little bit. I had uh, from from uh, the CEO of, of the island contacted me and said, there's a lady who wants social media work done. And you can probably tell I get most of my work through word of mouth. So um, I was like, okay, I went to meet her. And she's like, I've launched my own uh, Amazon business. It's uh, a, it sells uh, you know superfoods like chia seeds and stuff like that. So all those kinds of things. And she was turning over an insane amount a month. Uh, and I was like, she was convincing me to to kind of join this course, which will teach me how to do it. And I was in my head, alarm bells are ringing. I was just like, I'm not. It sounded like a, like one of these Ponzi schemes in my head. So I was like, okay, you're just trying to convince me to you know hop on board and then you'll probably get a commission and whatever, and then I have to do the same thing. But that wasn't the case. It was actually a genuine course that taught you Amazon from scratch. <laughs> and um, it was a very expensive course. Uh, it cost like, I think, 3,000 pounds. So um, I, I purchased the course and uh, I needed capital to start. So that's when I got this job at first. I had all my freelance jobs going, so I was putting money aside slowly. Then uh, I had this job at the soup kitchen uh, last year, beginning of last year. Um, and that was, that was really cool. So I learned how a soup kitchen called Ninkum Soup, play on words, um, they they would make fresh soups and and like it was like a deli sandwiches and everything but the people i met there were amazing they were, they were all walks of life there was a, a french guy uh, who made croissants 
uh, and all these pastries and stuff. And he was so passionate the way he talked. He was so passionate about his. I loved it. And then there was a Eastern European guy who would make all the fruit pots, and he he was the way he, the way he talked was like pretty matter of fact. You know, just like you take yogurt, you put in pot, and I was like, okay. And the other guy was like, you got to feel the croissants like that. It was like so many personalities. It was great. And then there was a Brazilian girl who was a barista there. And um, Bavik, I'm going to have to um, ask you to to also do something else because we 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 kind of set a limit of about oh, of course, forty yeah. minutes on the on the thing. So um, let's just uh, stop. And I'm going to ask you a couple of points about the university yep. um, sure. what have you used from your yep. experiences and your learning in the university what have you used in your businesses and all the work you've done uh, almost everything keep in mind this university you you learn by doing that's the opportunity you give to your students right you start a real life business you learn by doing so everything I've learnt at, at Buckingham. I can't say there's not one thing that I haven't used. And mm -hmm. and your your lessons of stay out of your comfort zone, your lessons of, you know, uh just just constantly keep like John Sporry kinda taught us, um, always keep uh he, there was a lesson about business ethics and stuff and how America teaches it and how Britain teaches it. And I always read books and keep my business knowledge up to date. I just finished a book called The Richest Man in Babylon that's taught me how to like financially secure myself and how to handle money. That's a lesson I believe every entrepreneur needs. You yeah. can learn how to earn it, but learning how to handle the money is a different different ballgame altogether. Absolutely. You could lose it as fast as you earn it. And so this teaches you how to handle it properly. Absolutely. So I've, I've, I've learned, I've applied everything I've learned constantly. That's, that's any venture or project I approach. That's excellent. And I'm going to get one more point, looking mm -hmm. back, which is going to get you to do. If you look back, or please look back on yourself when you were five, six years younger, and it was your first day at the University of, the, at the University of Buckingham, what would you now say to yourself on your first day? Don't take life too seriously. <laughs> That's what I would because I, I came in with the mentality of it's all or nothing. And I remember, and you remember, I got very sick and ill. And even to this day, I still I don't think I've learned the lesson. I still get, uh, I, I always put a my, my health before anything. And I feel like I always uh, put my health at risk. No, yeah, the other working. way around. The other way around, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think I should have just told myself, you know, if, if you're feeling it, feeling the burnout or whatever, accept it. Don't fight yourself. You know, don't, don't let it become your demon. I think and you will learn from it. It's a lesson at the end of the day. It's not a loss. It's a lesson. Absolutely. So that's I what I would tell myself. It's not a loss. It's a lesson. No, I think that's I think that's an amazing. It is absolutely right because there's a lot of worries and concern about about health and, and mental health issues and lots of other things. So that was a very good piece of advice to yourself and to everybody else. Um, Love it. It's been great. Mm -hmm. uh, we're actually coming thank up to you. nearly 40 minutes. So um, oh, yes. there you go. Um, uh, <laughs> thank you very much for doing it. I hope you've enjoyed no, thank it you for as having well. Um, we're we very pleased to have you. And we look forward to coming to the Buckingham Enterprise Hub when we're fully open. Absolutely. I look forward to coming. Thank you.
you'd like to get more information about Buckingham Enterprise and Innovation Unit and our amazing students, please click on www.beiu.co.uk where you can also find more podcasts.